Hey, I guess before you hit the button, um, I'm good to go tomorrow night. Oh, fantastic! So yeah, I'm I'm actually um I'm gonna drop my kids off at uh, Tracy's mom's house, and she oh. lives like around the corner, kind of from Tarboro High School. Mm-hmm. So um I might not be able now. You know, once we get post game done, I'm gonna have to bug on out of there. Uh-huh. Uh, now look, is it seven thirty or seven o'clock? Uh, they told me seven thirty. God no! I want it to be seven so we can get it over with. Yes, because I, I I asked him. I asked him, uh, the the gentleman I talked to. I said, "Is it seven thirty or seven o'clock?" He said seven thirty. So okay, well that's whatever. So yeah, word. But yeah, it, I mean it is what it is. It sucks, but and like I don't know if I told you. I was telling Clint though. Um, the only reason I even checked was because I saw on Twitter. That somebody had talked about uh, Rose had already pushed up their game with Rocky Mount, uh-huh. and then like somebody and then somebody texted about Farmville Central doing the same thing, and I was like, um, maybe I should check on our game. And so when you when you texted me back, I'm confident it'll be Friday because of the gate. <laughs> yeah. I was literally hanging up the phone with the guy, and I got your text. I was like, no, no, nope. no, no. So now I'm gonna blow your spot over right now. Yeah, literally, I'm just gonna rip this bandaid off. Yeah. Uh, so I just said I went. Well. <laughs> yeah, that's usually what we say though, but it's okay. Yeah, we we good to go. We'll be all right. I'll be there. No problem. Oh, fantastic! I'm glad you'll be there. And right now, uh, though, we're here. We're here on uh, episode 19 of the All New Sports Show, the podcast. I'm Edward Green, joined as always by the effervescent Wes Bradshaw. And yeah. we've, we've just been discussing mm-hmm. uh, how our plans got a little adjusted this week. Love it. Yay. Yay. Thanks, Tarboro. Nothing more I love than Thursday night football. Oh, it's the best football. It's it, this. We're, we're getting to experience Europa joy for ourselves right now. And the thing is, it's like, you know, we absolutely hate it like when we have to do it. But then come Friday night, we're like, oh, my God, this is amazing. This is so great. Now I have to do a game on Friday night. Yes, exactly. Oh, this will be our this will be our second free Friday in, in the last four weeks. That's right. Now, next week, of course, we have another Thursday night game, but then we don't get the free Friday afterwards. Yeah. Thanks a lot, Obama. Thanks, Obama. Jeez. Thanks, Roger Taylor, which I can say on this pod since he doesn't sponsor it. Oh, the drummer of uh, Duran Duran? Yeah. You didn't know that's what uh, you didn't know that's what Duran Duran was actually called, Roger Roger Taylor and Associates. Well, I mean, I knew that. I was surprised you knew. Oh, I'm 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 hip to the '80s scene. I'm so, I'm so on top of this ish. It's not funny, dog. Oh, uh, it's some great ish, and we're gonna have some great ish for you today. Uh, so- we're gonna recap Euro qualifiers, uh, and we're gonna discuss a few of them that might have been surprising. Maybe the most surprising was England winning by two goals. That might have, and not only that, but who scored them? Uh, it's that guy again. Uh, we're also going to talk about a key injury, uh, a possible punishment to a noted Frenchman, uh, this, the saint that he is, Sepp Blatter, looking to run for a fifth term. And, of course, we'll get you your Prem League schedule for this weekend. Uh, we'll also talk a little college football and NFL. We'll play a game, and then we'll get so raw at the end because so, at this point of the night, it's it's gonna start chafing. So, Wes, let us start with UEFA Euro 2016 qualifying. Oh my God! Oh, it's so great. Well, well Ed, first, how about we put ourselves over? 
Oh sure, yeah. I don't. I don't know why I didn't do that since it's in the notes here. You're so excited about Euro. It's okay. I, I love you. This is this is the first Euro I actually care about. Like well, this is the first time you, you've been like into it, and you know I've got you ready for Euro and everything. So yeah, like I mean, like I've I've known what Euro is in the past, but this is the first time I actually give a crap. Exactly. Oh, I got to pick a team to give a crap about. Maybe Andorra. Fingerland. Um, yeah, maybe. Uh, of course, if you want to talk about uh, Wes's love of England, you can get on Twitter at All New Sports Show, or you can tweet him directly at Wes Bradshaw twenty one, or you can tell me your thoughts at Edward Green. Of course, go to Facebook.com slash All New Sports Show or Instagram.com slash All New Sports Show for pictures and video. If you just want the video though, go to YouTube.com slash The All New Sports Show. Or you can just play old email us if that's more of your thing. Allnewsportshow at gmail.com. Finally, mail us your letters and parcels to 1701 Sunset Avenue, Suite 201, Rocky Mountain, North Carolina, 27804. All right, now can we start talking about Euro 2016? Yes. Thank you. All righty. Let's do. We are in the qualifying group stage. Uh, we're going to quickly go through every group. Uh, just giving you the results. We'll stop at a few games that we want to talk about. First, uh, Group A. Uh, the results so far were Iceland 3, Turkey 0. Uh, maybe a little surprising given we know Turkey is growing a little bit. But, of course, Iceland just narrowly missed Wes uh, even going to the 20, uh, 2014 World Cup. Uh, led by your boy, Duffy Stixon, um, and a lot of other guys who I've never heard of. Um <laughs> The Icelanders, uh, they're they, they've gotten tougher. I'll give them that. They, uh, they've they've been they have improved their toughness factor. Um, not not really the pushover that you would think. Just seeing the word Iceland gave you. Not at all. And this is a very interesting group now, uh, as the Czech Republic also gets a win. Uh, that would be Czech Republic two, Netherlands one. Uh, Louis van Hall can't buy a win right now. Uh, even his former team, the Dutch right now struggling as they lose to the Czech Republic in surprising fashion two one, uh, goals for the Czech Republic by Dokal and Pilar, uh, negate at De Vry goal in the 55th minute. Um, should we be surprised or, or is this a Dutch team that is still trying to find itself right now? Um, I wouldn't call it huge shock i mean a surprise absolutely because the dutch are the name recognition team in this group uh group that includes um of course the homeland of uh borat kazakhstan <laughs> yes. and uh of course latvia so uh you know high-powered football federations there um yeah you should be surprised it is netherlands they are one of the you know really four or five premier countries it really in the history of world football unfortunately right. i believe three or four world cup finals they've been to they never won one mm -hmm. but uh they've been good they've been good for a long time they've still got superstar players uh you look at the squad that went they are dealing with some injuries um as you said louisville <laughs> hall mm -hmm. uh off to manchester united so he can continue his losing ways uh the netherlands are having to break in a new coach um if anyone in that group was going to beat them anyway, it was going to be the Czech Republic. But really, the way that Euro 2016 has been expanded from 16 to 32 teams, uh, it's it's still not going to be too tough for the Netherlands to get in. 
True, and you do you do still see some uh, familiar names on the Dutch lineup, especially up top with uh, Daly Blind, uh, Van Persie, Wesley Snyder, and Memphis Depay, uh, all taking part in this uh, this match. But still, uh, all the, no uh, Aryan Robin, not even on the roster for them. Um, so that that of course one of the bi- uh, big players for the Dutch. But they should be fine. Still five matches to go for all teams, including, as you mentioned, Kazakhstan and Latvia, who played to a scintillating nil-nil draw in the glorious nation of Kazakh. All right, going to Group B, uh, where only four teams have played. Belgium and Israel still yet to get off the ground, uh, but we do have some more matches to report. First one, uh, Andorra 1, Wales 2. Wales getting the lead... taking the win on a Gareth Bale brace, including his wonder-free kick in the 81st minute that sealed the deal and sealed the comeback for Wales. Uh, The country that might not be a country, we're not sure still, uh, good start for them in a group where they should be one of the favorites to advance out of as the top two. I mean, that's, that was really the shocking one. Um, you know, once again, they're they're still in a pretty good position to advance out, um, but I'm gonna tell you that's that's not the easiest group. Serbia is a, a country that's really starting to come around. Uh, Denmark is always very solid, very solid. Um, but Serbia, I'm gonna tell you, Serbia is one I, I really think you need to keep your eye on. Um, they've got a lot of good young talent coming through. Uh, not the least Lazar Markovic, the uh, new Liverpool. Golden boy, um, they've got some pretty good ones, and they're they're not going to be easy to get by. Uh, Armenia, Albania, those two are not bad. So that's that's actually that that might be your group of death for the Euro qualifying. And there's only five teams in it. So is there a reason we jumped down to Group I really quick? Uh, you brought it up. I did. Didn't you? No, we're in, we're in Group B with Wales and Cyprus and Belgium and Israel and Bosnia and Herzegovina and Andorra. I absolutely swear to God I heard you say the words Portugal and Albania. Oh, my. Um, I might have said it really early in the podcast. I don't remember. Anyway, it's not important. We'll talk about them later. Um, but still. This is, this is really good stuff, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, also, uh, but we that Portugal match was a surprise. Also, maybe a little bit of a surprise. Back in Group B, uh, Bosnia-Herzegovina won Cyprus 2. Of okay, course. maybe that's all I heard was um, there was an upset, and I figured you were going right to Portugal uh, and that, because I, I am doing a little flipping around at the moment. So I, please, please, my, my condolences and my biggest please excuse me to the world. We are really big in B&H, so I'm sure they took much offense to this. But um, still, again, Bosnia-Herzegovina won Cyprus 2. Cyprus, of course, a team... That is obviously in a lot of just global turmoil right now. Somehow finding a way to get a win on the road, which might for them right now be a better place to play than home. So, but still, Bosnia and Herzegovina, a team that even though they didn't make it out of the group stage in the World Cup, uh, still impressed. But right now, that's that's a tough loss to take in round one. That is, you know, Bosnia. That's a 
that was one of those really up and coming teams. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people, myself included, you know, expected them maybe to make it out of their group at the World Cup. They didn't, uh, but they were impressive, and they've got some really good players. Ed and Zeko, maybe the um, most well known one, the uh, Manchester City striker. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I expect Bosnia to be able to turn things around and go through, um, but that is definitely a setback for them in match one. Um, and I guess just staying in that group, Wales had a pretty impressive win. Um, yes, it was over Andorra, but, you know, something has eventually got to come together for Wales with some of the talented guys they've got. Yeah, and I, I think that this is a group that they're in that they could advance from the top two in. Uh, you got to watch out for Belgium and, of course, B&H, but the way B&H started, maybe, maybe Wales takes that number two spot behind Belgium. Well, and of course, this year with the um, the extension, mm-hmm. I guess, extension you say of uh, Euro, you know, the top two teams from both groups go through, and then there's a playoff for all the third-place teams. Right. So uh, yep. even finishing third keeps you in Euro for the moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we'll move on to Group C. Uh, all six teams have played in this one. Uh, results are Luxembourg 1, Belarus 1. That was the draw in this match, or in this group. Uh, then we had two winners, Spain 5, Slovakia 1, Spain trying to put the pain of their World Cup exit behind them. Uh, goals by Ramos, Alcacer, Alcacer. Uh, Busquets, Silva, and Pedro in the 91st minute uh, negate Macedonia's one goal in the 20th minute on a penalty. So Spain getting the win you think. Also, uh, Ukraine nil, uh, Slovakia won. Slovakia getting a win on the road to join Spain at the top of the table. Um, I don't think any surprises in Group C. I think this is about probably about where we thought we were going to be. Yeah, um, no big surprises. Like you say, you know, Spain is your definite number one. I think the Ukraine's probably your two out of there. Um, watch out for Belarus. I think they're going to be one who are going to mess with some people. Um, they, they look strong in a uh, world cup qualifying. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, didn't obviously did not make the world cup, but they did look actually pretty strong in qualifying. So, uh, that's my team to keep an eye on in that group. All right. We'll see if Ukraine can bounce back from their loss against Slovakia later. Uh, going to group D, uh, this is, this is the, the group of wars, Wes, which features, of course, Poland and Germany. We talked about it with Nick Petrovich when he was on a previous podcast. Uh, both teams getting three points in their opening matches, along with the Republic of Ireland. Uh, those matches were Georgia 1, Ireland 2. Ireland going on the road to the country, not the state, uh, to pick up a win. Germany 2, Scotland 1. Nervy, nervy win for the Germans. It looked like Scotland was going to steal a point, maybe even deserve to steal a point in Germany, but it was not to be as Thomas Mueller scores a brace to get the Germans the win. And finally, um, Pol- or Gibraltar nil, Poland 7. <laughs> as Robert Lewandowski scores, I believe, 87 goals in the match uh, for Poland to get a big, big gigantic win on the road um obviously good for poland this is a team we think can maybe start stepping up a little bit and really be players on the world stage but germany scotland fascinating match because i really feel and i think many people did too that scotland might have deserved to get out of dortmund with a point west 
I think it's actually a pretty strong Scottish group that they have this year. Mm-hmm. Um, God, it would be – you folks, you just got to understand how awesome it would be to see Scotland in like a major Euro, um, something like Euro or the World Cup. Scottish fans are amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're crazy. The Tartan Army, uh, they show up through thick or thin. Uh, they've always got their guys' backs, and if man, if they could just make it to a major competition, it would be awesome. Um, Republic of Ireland, uh, of course, have the world's greatest player in Stephen Naismith playing for them, <laughs> um, without a doubt. You know, uh, an absolute all timer. Uh, that's Everton legend Stephen Naismith. Yeah, you uh, can't. Pol- you can't. You can't guard him if you can't see him. That's right. If you can't see me, can't guard him. Um, the polls, obviously, you've been talking too much, our old buddy Nick Petrovich, and he's brainwashed you and got you drinking the potato whiskey, obviously. Uh, Georgia, Georgia, of course, I uh, had the bye week in for South Carolina this week. Um, and Gibraltar uh, apparently started um, the country's uh, rat catcher as a striker. So, um you know, uh, take what you will from uh, Gibraltar. They have a rock. Um, apparently, England still kind of owns it just to piss off the Spanish. Um, so just for that, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm all in on Gibraltar. Uh, and if they score a goal, it'll be really good. Uh, two big matches to keep an eye on. Uh, first, September 4, 20, uh, actually, excuse me, uh, October 11th. 2014, so just about a month from this pod, uh, it will be Germany at Poland. That'll be a big, big match for so many reasons. But also now... Gotta love the return. It's a good replay. Um, Also gonna keep an eye on now, uh, September 7th, 2015, so about a year from now, uh, will be the return leg, Germany at Scotland. Uh, so by then, we'll also know a lot more where all these teams stand in the qualifying process. Uh, we should be about halfway, if not farther along. Uh, actually, we should be about at the end, because it looks like October is the last month. So that could be a big match, especially for Scotland, to try and advance through to the Euro group stage. All right, Group E, we have, West, of course, England. Getting a big, big, huge, huge uh, win to get three points, along with Lithuania and Estonia, Slovenia, the Swiss, and San Marino all taking zero points. So again, Estonia one, Slovenia nil, San Marino nil, Lithuania two, and Switzerland nil, England two. Probably England's toughest test in this group. Uh, Switzerland, of course, a strong team in the World Cup this year. Uh, so to get two goals on the wo- the road from that guy, Danny Welbeck, who I was pretty sure was injured, uh, having just transferred to Arsenal, somehow getting the brace for the Lions. Wes, your thoughts on England? Um, obviously now England's going to win the Euro and then win the next eight World Cups. Well, duh. You know, without uh, no, the England win, basically, see, you have to understand what, what occurred in about a four-day span for England. Um, about three, four days before this uh, Euro qualifier, England played in front of 40,000 people at Wembley, the smallest crowd ever at the new Wembley to see England play. Uh, they defeated Norway in a rather drab 1-0 um, match mm-hmm. with uh, Waza. Scoring from the spot, 
just not good, man. England right now, there are problems. Um, and the pro- here's well, here's the biggest problem, not so much for the team itself, but the problem for the fans, for the fan base, for the FA is, you know, right now England has gone to Switzerland. As you said, I mean, that was really those are those two are almost a guarantee to go through in this group. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was just going to depend on who finished the first, who finished the second. Um, England went to Switzerland, got the win. And until they play Switzerland again, they probably will not be challenged. And even at that point, they're going to say, well, we won in Switzerland. Um, this is a team that might not get any better, may stagnate under Roy Hodgson, but you just won't see it because the results will be fine just mm-hmm. because they're that much better than everyone else talent-wise. Um, and then this is a team that could walk into Euro maybe not losing a game and then just get smashed at the European Championships. Yeah, I think that's the tough thing for them right now is that they had a really good draw and now have already dispatching Switzerland on the road. They won't have to play them again until September 8th of next year. Yeah. I just I don't see where, where England really stumbles. I mean, there's always a chance for an upset somewhere, but I don't know if it's going to be Lithuania. If it is anyone, you know, Slovenia might pull a draw at home. We'll uh-huh. see. So I, I that, think, that would be the only place. And I think that it, that it does, doesn't that make it tough, though, to really, for this team, especially with the trouble Roy's had with them, that you're basically now not going to be challenged for most of the rest of qualifying, you would think. So how, how does this team get better? Precisely, and that's the problem. Um, right now, the bright spot, well, the bright spot on this England squad, um, you know, it, it is good for England to see Welbeck scoring. Um, Daniel Sturge went down with a, uh, a pretty deep thigh contusion that's going to have him missing two to three weeks coming up for Liverpool. Thanks a lot, England. Um you know, he went down with an injury, and Welbeck basically said to Roy Hodgson, said, you know, Coach, put the burden on my shoulder. I want the burden. So, um, you know, they played Rooney as more of a 10 and put Welbeck up front, which is not really where Man United ever played him for whatever unknown to God reason. I guess Robin Van Persie will do that. But um, he, he did look good. Um, the X factor right now for England is uh, just happens to be a Liverpool player, and that is Raheem Sterling. Raheem Sterling, Ed, in the last 12 months, has gone from the fringes of the Liverpool setup. Um, basically, uh, you know, Brendan Rodgers not believing he was mature enough, not believing he was ready, not believing he had the mentality to be a big-time footballer, to right now maybe the most talked-about teenage player in the world. Remember, he is only 19. Mm-hmm. Maybe the most talked-about teenage player in the world and, you know, right now, I truly believe he's Liverpool's best player at the moment based on form. And right now, he's England's best player at the moment based on form. So this is a kid who the sky is the absolute limit. Uh, as I heard someone say today, you know, only a matter of time before Real Madrid decides to come in and try to buy him. Uh, <laughs> Certainly. But luckily, he signed a five-year contract. Just signed a five-year contract. Of course, Liverpool, we know how well those work. You know, Luis Suarez just signed one as well, so. Mm, well, you know, things are, things happen. Luis Suarez was prone really, to biting people. Those are really binding contracts. But um, what that means, I mean, Sterling, and still has so much room to grow. But he's he's just he's really it. He's so good. He's so good. He has a chance to be England's truly world class talent. Um, 
And and it's exciting for Liverpool. It's exciting for England. The best thing you can hope for England is that Roy doesn't screw them up before they get a real manager who can do something with them. Right. Um, yeah, of course. Uh, let's hire Sir Alex, right? But um, he's not doing anything. No, he's he's bored. Bring him in. He can't be any older than Roy. Exactly. Um, but for England, I'm I'm optimistic about the results of this Euro qualifying. But I am very pessimistic about the future of England right now. Well, uh, we'll keep tabs on them uh, lightly throughout the rest of their qualifying cycle. Of course, it might be more interesting to see what else they do outside of the qualifying cycle more than the actual matches. For now, let us move to Group F, where all teams have played. uh, And the results were Faroe Islands 1, Finland 3. Uh, Northern Ireland get, also gets a win as it is uh, Hungary 1, Northern Ireland 2. And finally, and another maybe a bit of a shot, a little surprise, Greece nil, Romania 1. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm high on Romania. I think Romania is good. Is, is Greece good, though? Like we, because we saw them in the World Cup, they advanced basically at the death on a penalty against Cote d'Ivoire. Um, when really they had put almost no offensive pressure on any team up to that match. Is is this a Greece team that maybe is right now getting by a little too much on name recognition? Yeah. Um, what they did at Euro was really, or Euro, I'm sorry, what they did at the World Cup really came out of left field. Um, they took advantage of a good situation for them to go through. Um I just, I'm not sold on Greece, but that said, I'm not sold on anybody in that group. I do kind of have a little soft spot for Romania. Um, you know, any country that produces Vlad the Impaler, um, I'm totally, I'm I'm totally behind just just to be safe. I'm totally behind, but, um, I think you can see the Romanians actually win that group. Um, I'd be surprised I would not be surprised, excuse me, to see Finland come out of there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greece could be in a fight for third place. And that would be very tough. Uh, Greece, obviously a team that is, that has struggled uh, to put goals in the net. Uh, it's going to be difficult to see, except for maybe against like the Faroe Islands, where those goals come from. So that could be a dogfight of a group. Uh, going on to Group G, where I don't know if there's many strong teams, but it does seem like there's a few pretty good teams. Uh, we'll start with uh, Russia and Montenegro. What should be everyone's favorite players in that group. Uh, that is true. That is true. That is true. Uh, starting with everyone's favorite player, Austria 1, Sweden 1, uh, Montenegro 2, Moldova 0, and finally Russia 4, Liechtenstein nil again austria won sweden won uh, zlatan does not score it is zenyin for sweden instead in the 12th minute who pulled sweden even with austria uh to salvage a point on the road but even even zlatan himself said he is satisfied with the draw in austria uh should he be satisfied and should sweden be one of the favorites to advance out of this group Zlatan can be whatever he wants. Obviously, Zlatan did not feel the need to score because if he had, he would have scored and scored in droves. Um, he is the most interesting man in the world. 
Um, unfortunately for Zlatan, he has a bunch of bum teammates who cannot help him uh, carry the load. You know, Zlatan carries as much load as he possibly uh, needs to, while the others um, will pretty much suck. And I'm going to tell you, man, the scary part, you know, we were devastated not to see Zlatan at um, at the World Cup. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, I think Zlatan and Sweden might have a tough time getting out of the group here for Euro. Really? Who who would you I take think, then? Who would you take then to to move on from the top two? It uh, well, Russia. I think Russia is probably the team of the group anyway. I don't believe there's much with that. Russia's good. Ed, I am a total mark for Montenegro. Oh, I think they. Oh, oh, I think they are a bargaining world power. They are going to be absolutely fantastic. Um, they were really, really showing signs of very close to qualifying for the World Cup. Um, they are going to be a force to reckon with. Watch out for Montenegro. Oh, well, we will have to keep a tab on them. Uh, of course, uh, Montenegro also gave England a little bit of fits in World Cup qualifying, so you know firsthand how that can go. <laughs> That's exactly where it comes from, very much. Uh, oh. If they have been healthy, it may have been the death of England. Oh, and that, and so they they were spared from that, and then they got to go to Brazil and not and not advance out of the group stage. It could have saved us so much time and trouble. Just got rid of Roy and started over, but no. Oh, too bad. Let's move on to Group H with one of the most gorgeous men in the world, Andrea Pirlo, at the top of the table. His former team, Italy, uh, with three points, along with Croatia and Bulgaria. Azerbaijan, Norway, and Malta all at nil. Your scores are Azerbaijan 1, Bulgaria 2, Croatia 2, Malta nil, and Norway nil, uh, Italy 2. Is this Italy and Croatia and then a fight for third? Italy is going to come out. Italy. Uh, Yeah, Italy and Croatia. You know, Norway gave England some trouble in a friendly. You know, the once again the forty thousand people who decided to show up to Wembley to watch that one. Um, of course, I think they more gave them problems because it was a night England just couldn't finish anything. Right. Uh, I think Croatia and Italy are pretty much going to walk through this. Um, Bulgaria, not terrible. Um, Malta, I didn't actually realize that was in Europe. I always thought I always thought Malta was like an island around like the Philippines or something, but. You know, maybe that's Manila. Please excuse that's, me. That is Manila. That is Manila. You were thinking. Ah, uh, yes. Good old MacArthur. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I just I think that's a pretty cut and dry group. Much like uh, you know, much like Group E with England and Switzerland. I think that's a pretty cut and dry group of who's going through. All right. Uh, then let's move on to the final group. Uh, now we can finally talk about Group I, uh, which Denmark... Just so damn excited earlier. It is. It is just refreshing to see Albania pick up three points. Uh, Serbia right now in the middle. Uh, their film is currently at zero points with zero games played. Armenia and Portugal, bottom of the table. Again, new results. Portugal nil, Albania one, and Denmark two... Armenia won. The Danes getting three points against Armenia, not surprising. But Portugal losing at home to Albania West, no Cristiano Ronaldo. So obviously that explains everything, right? Uh, probably actually does. <laughs> <laughs> 
He's hating to admit it, but it probably actually does. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, Ronaldo's carried that group for a long time now. You know, nothing's really changing with that. Um, him missing. Well, I mean, that's exactly what it is. You're saying, well, I'm putting my team out there, and I don't have Cristiano Ronaldo. Obviously, you're missing, you know, one of the absolute premier players of his generation. Um I think Portugal's going to be okay. I think uh, Portugal – personally, I'm going to pick Portugal and Serbia to go through on this with Denmark finishing third. Mm-hmm. Um, don't sleep on Armenia, though. Uh, Henrik Mkhitaryan, uh, the uh, fantastic um, central attacking midfielder for Borussia Dortmund is kind of their playmaker. He's he's really good. Um just just keep an eye on uh, Armenia. They're going to mess with some people. Well, we will. They they tried to mess with Denmark in a 2-1 win for the Danes. Actually scored the first goal against them uh, before Hoiberg and Kallenberg, uh, two of my favorite Bergs uh, next to Iceberg, uh, leveled it and then took the lead for the Danes. But they pick up the 2-1 win against Armenia. Uh, currently, uh, your third-place teams look like this. Bulgaria uh, currently tops the list of third-place teams. Then Germany, Romania, and Estonia, uh, followed by Belarus, Sweden, and Kazakhstan. And then at the bottom, Belgium and Serbia, because they have not played a match. Uh, obviously, those third-place uh, are is very, very fluid. Yeah, goal differential, obviously. Yeah. Um, don't take any of it for what it's worth. So, so we've um, been about through almost everybody's played again, except for basically like Belgium and Serbia. Wes, after one round through the qualifying, do you have mm-hmm. an idea of who might be your favorites to meet in the title, ir- irrespective of what group they're in and how the brackets would actually shake out? Jeez, after one whole round, um, I don't yeah. really give a shit what happened. Germany. <laughs> <laughs> Um, the Germans and some combination of uh, France, Belgium, um, maybe Italy. Nobody else is good. All right. <laughs> Nobody else is really good. Uh, obviously not England. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'll tell you, dude, I'm just, you remember how optimistic I was about England and the World Cup? I'm going to go complete 180 on them for Euro and just talk so much trash about how ho- how horrible they're going to be so then I can just be so thrilled with the semifinal run. Hey, hey, it could happen. It's it, putting the old reverse psychology on them. I like that. Only if Roy dies and abdicates the throne. <laughs> oh, abdicating the throne. That's so English. All right, so that's your Euro update. I'll be bringing you more. And speaking of, speaking of the English, Ed, real quick, a uh, big congratulation to uh, the Prince and Duchess of uh, Cambridge, um, Wills and Kate, baby number two coming up. Do we do we know the sex yet, or do we just know it's it's a person? No, we just know it's going to be awesome, um, and hopefully it looks like her. Yeah, yeah. I'm pulling, for, I'm pulling for a princess that looks like her, so uh, that would work, and maybe has uh, her uh, her aunt Pippa's assets when she gets a little older. Mm, I, I like how you went with that. The assets, yeah. Totally. Which is totally. her ass. All right, uh, let's talk about. You mentioned Germany as one of the favorites. Uh, one of their midfielders, also Borussia Dortmund midfielder, Marco Royce, uh, someone you also thought would be a big part of our next 
summer transfer window. He's been ruled out for four weeks after an injury he picked up in the match against Scotland. Uh, The 25-year-old missed the World Cup, which Germany won in July, after injuring the same left ankle in their final warm-up against Armenia. What does this do for Dortmund, and what does this do for Germany? I mean, it is just a month, but that can that's that's quite a few matches he's going to miss, especially for Dortmund. Well, for Germany, it's not really that big of a problem. I mean, they're not getting back together for a month. Germany has incredible depth, um, so that's not really a problem. No, the problem lies for Borussia Dortmund, where he is your uh, you know, he's your talisman, he's your playmaker, he's your guy who makes everything go, and now he's gone. And uh, that's a tough pill to swallow. Um, you know, he was the subject of massive transfer rumors over the summer. Uh, for a while, we at Liverpool thought we had a good chance to get him uh, at the end of the transfer window. You know, it looked like Manchester United made a big-time run for him. But he, he stayed put. Um, Dortmund not willing to sell this summer. Next summer may be a little different. Um he is a he is an absolute star of the world football scene, but right now, Ed, you know, and uh, Dortmund got to be hoping that he's got to stay healthy this season. And now, back to back injuries in a pretty close time frame, the same ankle. That's um, that could be a tough one going forward for Royce and Dortmund. If if you were a a premier club, um, looking at him the next transfer window. How how worried does this make you about Royce having having back to back ankle injuries like this? Do you start at only twenty five? Do you start maybe questioning his durability a little bit? Um, not yet. Um, I, I want to see how he comes back, and, and of course, you know, if it's if it's not majorly structural, which I mean, none of it has been torn ligaments, really. Um, you know, it, it hasn't been anything catastrophic as of yet. Right. Um, you're maybe a little wary, but for a guy of his talent, uh, who is coming into his prime and can be a massive game changer, you know, I still think right now Manchester United would break the bank for him. Um, Liverpool, if given the opportunity, would pay a lot of money for him. Uh, a lot of teams around Europe would still pay a lot of money for him right now. And I think next summer, unless this season is just a complete catastrophe, I think next summer he's still really hot property. All right. Well, I, I'm sure there will be a lot of teams still up uh, high on him, especially if Dortmund continues to have a good season uh, this year in the Bundesliga. All right, moving on to a story that you actually brought to my attention and I Ooh. think is rather fascinating, really. Uh Michael, uh, yeah, Michael Platini, head of the UA. <laughs> I don't even know why I tried to do that. Head of UEFA. Uh, well, well now, now, Ed, really quick, um, just so we get that pronunciation right. Remember, he is French. It is, uh, it is Michel Platini. Michel Platini. Excuse me. He's a he is a Michel. There are My, no Michaels. There are no Michaels in France. Just Michels. Mike Platini. Um, Good old Mikey Platt. Oh, Mikey Platts. Oh, he's he's doing crazy things again. Um, he has said that uh, Frank Ribéry uh, could face a suspension if he refuses to represent France again. Uh, Ribéry announced his retirement from international football in August after injury ruled him out of the World Cup finals. 
but according to Platini, uh, or Platini, a player cannot refuse a summons to national duty if there is no physical problem impending them from doing so. Ribéry's retirement at the age of 31 would there be unenforceable should French, French, France coach God, I cannot talk. Didier Descamps still wants to select the Bayern Munich winger. Uh, if he calls him up, then he has to come to the national team. That's written in the FIFA statutes. If he doesn't report for duty, then he would be banned for three matches for Bayern. It's not the player's decision whether he represents his country. It's the decision of the coach. Ribéry cannot simply decide for himself whether he wants to play for France or not. Uh, Ribéry cites ongoing injuries behind his decision to retire from international play after 81 caps. Uh, he said he wanted to devote more time to his family and to Bayern, uh, but Platini cannot understand his choice. He's a Frenchman, and the European Championships in 2016 are taking place in France, not in Poland. Platini said he's got to want to play a part in it. Obviously, as you mentioned, uh, Platini, Michel, uh, French, so I'm sure there's absolutely no conflict of interest there. Uh, this is the first time, granted, I, I haven't followed soccer for that long, just a couple years now at the world stage. This is the first time I can ever remember hearing something like this, especially after the the wave of international retirements we heard from after the 2014 Copa das Copas. Wes, how nuts is this, and does Platini have a point? No, Platini has no point. Um, <laughs> this is completely bizarre, and you know I've been watching, I've been keeping up with it. I think a little longer than you, especially. Um, you know, when you get into more of the European national teams and everything. For sure. And I'm, I'm, I'm quite sure this is not the first time this has ever happened. It may be the first time it's ever gotten this much publicity just because it's a guy like Frank Ribery who is one of the world elite players. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry, but it, I, I, don't, I just don't understand how you can come out and – force a guy to go play for someone that he doesn't want to play for. Um, God, what was that called? Back, oh, that was called slavery. Yeah, that's what that was. Being forced, literally, and yes, it's a game, it's a sport, but it is his work. It is his livelihood. He is basically being forced to work against his will. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is just absolutely insane. I understand where Platini is somewhat coming from saying, you know, as a Frenchman with, uh, you know, Euro 2016 being in France, you know, yes, you should have that patriotism kind of thing. But at the same time, okay, Platini, you can say it as you can say that you're disappointed in him, but I still don't understand where anyone can force him to go play. And if he doesn't, that they can then turn around and sanction him on his club team, which is completely 100% unaffiliated with his uh, national team. It is really weird, and I, I have to imagine, I have to imagine if this is Ed and Dzeko, not not wanting to play for his country, I feel like Platini isn't saying anything right now. If if uh, Wayne Rooney all of a sudden decided to say, no, nah, I'm good, I, I don't, I don't want to play for England anymore. Not only would you be running through the streets naked in joy, I also don't think Platini would be saying anything. But no, I, I, I'm kind of with you. I know where you're going. I just believe it's because he's French and, you know, obviously being a – and Platini is a French legend, one of the legendary players in France. You know, he obviously 
is invested in the French national team, you know, finding glory. (laughs) Um, Because, hey, he's a Frenchman. You know, he wants to see his his team do well. Um, Truly, and this is how I believe it should happen, at that point, as he said, it is not – he says it's not the player's decision, it's the national coach's decision. The national team coach, in this case Didier Deschamps of uh, France, Deschamps should be the one who has the integrity – to not go against the wishes of the player. Right. Um, okay, okay, well, it's in the coach's hands. Well, me as Deschamps now, you know, hey, Frank River, you sat down and you talked to me and you said, you know, you know, Didi, it's been fun. It's been great, man. We've had some good times. But, you know, I'm, I'm not in this anymore. I am not 100% into doing the France thing. You know, I just want to, you know, spend some time with my kids and just play for Bayern Munich. You know, I would really appreciate if you didn't call me up again. Deschamps should say, man, I really hate it. If you ever change your mind, give me a call and we'll we'll make some magic together. But Deschamps should be the one who 100% should sit there and say, I mean, he asked not to be recalled. I'm not going to call him to the team. Yeah, it, it is very, very odd. That that he is, and then and then to basically threaten him with a three match ban for Bayern just strikes me as so odd. I mean, if it's in the rules, it's in the rules. But I mean, come on, dude. I mean, just well, and and also, I mean, if you're France, I mean, you know, if you're the French Football Federation, you know, the guy, and now this is hitting the news waves. I mean. If he does come into the French setup because you basically force him into it, uh, I mean, are you at all worried about what you're going to get from Frank Ribery? And by the way, Ribery is a guy who does have a history of, of at times, being a disruptive nature in the French locker room. Of course, um, was a big part of that 2010 World Cup team mm-hmm. that uh, really just embarrassed the absolute sh- out of France, um, you know, were literally maybe the biggest embarrassments in the history of French football. Uh, he was one of the ringleaders of that group. Mm-hmm. So are you going to bring a guy who now is telling you, I don't want to play, and are you going to try to make him come in and play? What kind of attitude do you think he's going to bring this time? It, it wouldn't be good. <laughs> I just – I think uh, his coach needs to just be like, all right, I'm, I'm not going to call you up. I need to realize not just that he's – doesn't want to be there, but it might just be better for the squad's psyche if he doesn't come. Like I, I, I feel, yeah. And also for France, I mean, they have a great young core of players coming up. Mm-hmm. I mean, Ribery's a great player. Don't get me wrong. Uh, Ribery's never won you a World Cup. He's never won you Euro. Mm-hmm. You know, just I mean, say hey, man, thanks. Uh, I believe you said eighty-one caps. Hey, man, you know, thank you for your service to the country. Um, you know, enjoy your retirement from the national game and man, get into that young generation, you know, blood in some of those hot young French prospects and, um, man, just, just focus on getting ready for Euro 2016. Yeah. Yeah. I I think that's the key right now. And I think this is just going to be an unneeded distraction that I think Platini will, will come to regret, uh, actually doing. So we'll see. Keep tabs on that and see how that plays and out. Dickhead too, so true. Um, but speaking of uh you know Platini and who some people thought maybe he could be somebody to take the place of one Sepp Blatter as president of FIFA. Well it looks like he will be running for a fifth 
term as FIFA president. Of course, the 78-year-old Swissman has been FIFA president since 1998, uh, and UEFA president uh, Platini has ruled out opposing Blatter in terms of running for president. It does look like he's still going to be a little annoying. But about the only good thing you can say is he has suggested that the 2026 World Cup would come to America. But other than that... He's just trying to pop up. He'll be dead by then. You gotta hope. I mean, that is like 10 years away. <laughs> so, I mean, but in, in reality, do, do we, does FIFA need term limits? Do we need to put a cap on the amount of damage one man can do? Well, I mean, the problem is, and I mean, I think Seth Blatter is one of the worst things that's ever happened to football. I mean, here's the problem. Obviously, no one's opposing him, so what's going on here? I mean, does anyone have better ideas than whatever Seth Blatter's coming up, up with? I mean, this is just, I mean, this is ridiculous at this point. I mean, not that Platini would have been any better. I mean, that would have been like going from Bin Laden to Hussein. But, right. Um, I mean, you know, it would have been but still, um, I almost think it would have been nice to have a fresh face. Then maybe Platini just go up there it up and uh, somebody else can take his seat in four years. You gotta hope so, because I mean, it, it's it's so terrible with everything that's going on. You heard about everything that happened with the problems in Brazil, and even though it was able to be a good World Cup, there were still a lot of issues. And now we're getting into uh, human rights abuses in Russia and Qatar. I just I don't think anything good can come out of the rest of his his time as president. I think he really just needs to go ahead, unless unless which I imagine he just has no self concept of how he's perceived publicly and just bow out though. Like it's it's time for him to go. Like there's there's but, no. I mean, he's, he's one of those he's one of those leaders. I mean he's like a world. He's like he is. I mean, yes, obviously he has not performed the atrocities of a, you know, of a Saddam Hussein or someone like that. Well, you know, in <laughs> in retrospect, but um, I mean, this is a guy. You know, it's kind of like world dictators. They don't think they're doing anything wrong. You know, Hitler didn't think he was doing anything wrong. That was what he believed in. Sepp thinks that he's just fan damn tastic for the game. Yeah, it's it's really a shame. It's. It's just terrible that as soon as soccer is starting to rise in popularity, especially here, that this this is the face of international football right now. And it's old and it needs to go. And hopefully somebody can step up and maybe make it just a little less corrupt. But unfortunately, it doesn't look like it's going to happen any time soon. So Wes, let's talk about happier things and the end of the international break and the Premier League coming back this weekend. Yay, we got a whole month before they go on another fucking yes. break. Yes, oh, those Jeez. breaks. Uh, but we do have some absolute cracker matches uh, coming to you this week. In fact, this Saturday, you can actually watch straight through, I think, the three most intriguing matchups all come in their own time slot. Uh, or I should say in, in a single time slot. First, your Saturday starts like this, 7.45 a.m. Eastern Time. Arsenal, Man City. Oh, is Arsenal good? Are they still reeling from the loss of Olivier Giroud? Is City still reeling from their first loss of the season? Storylines abound. 
Then at 10 a.m., Chelsea, your Premier League champions in waiting, versus Swansea, the team they're currently tied with. We find out how real is Swansea. It's no longer good enough if they beat Manchester United, because let's face it, that's not really that big of a feather anymore. It'll be interesting to see how Swansea does on the road at Chelsea, or if Chelsea just runs over them. Also at 10, uh, Crystal Palace at Burnley, Southampton and Newcastle, or sorry, Southampton versus Newcastle, Leicester at Stoke, Tottenham Hotspur at the Stadium of Light in Sunderland, and Everton trying to pick up their first win of the season at West Brom. And then at 12.30, one of the other early surprise teams take, heading to Anfield as Aston Villa goes to Liverpool. Wes, any thoughts ahead of the 12.30 p.m. match on Saturday? Somebody's about to get their ass kicked. <laughs> All right. I'm sorry, dude. Uh, I'm just, I'm really, really high on Liverpool at the moment. Um, even with the loss of uh, Sturridge, you know, right now the biggest thing for Liverpool, their their most exciting thing at the moment is um, that big six foot three uh, Italian um, man of beauty, Mario Balotelli who was fantastic in his first match against Spurs in the all-new sports show derby, um, you know, just had a chance, had a real chance to uh, end up with a, uh, you know, to end up with a hat trick. Didn't happen, didn't get any goals in, but was in great position. I just believe once he opens his tally, if he will just stay in line, he will be just fine. Um, Raheem Sterling, we talked about him earlier. Uh, Jordan Henderson picked up a picked up an injury with the England setup, but it was obviously not bad enough because he played 93 minutes on Monday. Oh, Thanks, good. Roy. <laughs> Jackass. Uh, <laughs> you know, uh, the you know, hopefully the season debut of Adam Lallana. Um, and, you know, for some of these guys, it will be their first chance running out at Anfield. Um, I, I just, I think Liverpool's in a good place right now. And I see a multi-goal victory at home over Aston Villa. Well, we'll be sure to look at that. Uh, and then we'll be checking out on Sunday at 11 a.m. Manchester United versus Queens Park Rangers. Wes, is this is this the match that ends the Van Gaal skid and United picks up their first victory of this Premier League season? Please tell me no. Please tell me no. <laughs> on paper, you would think so. Um, but, you know, RE has always kind of had a uh, always kind of had a little thorn for Manchester United. He's always been a tough uh, matchup for him. Um, obviously, no Sir Alex there anymore. So Ari is kind of the uh, elder statesman, maybe of the Barclays Premier League at this point. Um, you gotta think United wins, but Ed, just to keep the misery going, let's say they draw two two. Yes, I love hearing that. Oh, that's a lot of goals, though, from QPR. Did QPR have two goals in them? <laughs> uh, well, to be fair, though, it's that Man United back line. They might have two goals in them. Well, that said, uh, the one thing about Man United, you know, you should now start to see some of these new signings uh, be introduced into the squad. The most exciting, of course, uh, Radamel Falcao, who, uh, you know, Yes, he, he really just needed the payday, you know, because he only made 20 million tax-free pounds last season. Um, 
you know, he goes to United, leaves the Champions League side in Monaco, goes to United on, on a massive loan deal, still going to make about 18 million pounds. <laughs> uh, so it must be nice. Um, but he's the one everybody's interested in seeing. And really, you know, Ed, right now, yes, that Man United back line is beleaguered. But really, if you look at it, they haven't been horrible. They've had their moments, obviously. They haven't been horrible. For some reason, that Manchester United attack has just really sputtered. And it's strange with all the big names. But, Ed, you know, one thing you got to look at for those guys, do you almost have too much talent now and not know where to put it? Mm-hmm. I mean, where's Juan Mata playing in this group? Yeah, yeah, that's uh, somebody's probably going to be left out and be very, very unhappy as of now. And whoever it is is going to be a very expensive, very highly paid player. It's and that and, and, is still god awful. So. United have a lot of issues right now, and it is an absolute delight to watch. Well, uh, man, they can really sell some jerseys. Oh yeah, those beautiful Chevy kits. That are just fan- just classic. Have you seen the Glory Glory Man United commercial? Actually, really like the Man United commercial. <laughs> it's very cool. Um, it's here's the problem. It's, it's very it's cool. Of, it's, it's just incredibly. It's just incredibly ironic. It's just United. Oh, it's, so it's it's just they are. It is a little prickish, but I mean, I just thought it was kind of cool watching all those uh, times change in jolly old England. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, it is a catchy tune. Of course, Glory, Glory, Man United um, is uh, the same tune as the Georgia Bulldogs fight song. So I do go around whistling it from time to time, but I never, ever, ever utter Glory, Glory, Man United in my whistling. Oh, you shouldn't. No, you should never do that. Oh, well, we will we will check on Man United uh, next pod. And finally, on Monday, Monday Night Football, we have a, let's just call it a match. As we have Hull City hosting West Ham in what's sure to feature people playing soccer. That's Golly. with with the world renowned genius Big Sam Allardice uh, coaching West Ham. Oh, I love I, I love both coaches. Um, I love Hull's coach too. I will say, man, West Ham give them one thing. They um, they had a really nice deadline pickup of Alex Song. Uh, to be the central defensive midfielder, um, that was a really nice pickup for them. That guy's a proven Premier League um, star player mm-hmm. in the past for Arsenal. Uh, he could he could help them a lot this year. Oh, well, we'll see how that goes for them. Uh, let's that's about doing our for our football this week. Now let's move on to football, American well, style. Hey. Other football. Yes. First thing, uh, we're, we're going to do two quick stories here. Um, the first one being, man, did the Big Ten have one of the worst weeks in their history or what? This is what happens when you have more teams in your conference than your conference names shows. Get your math right, boys. It's not that hard. Of course, Michigan gets blanked by Notre Dame uh, in their final meeting for at least a while. Michigan State, while they looked strong for a while against Oregon, they eventually succumbed uh, over in Oregon. Ohio State loses to Virginia Tech. Um, Purdue loses to Northern Illinois. And Northwestern also is defeated. Oh, I'm sorry. Northwestern lost to Northern Illinois. Uh, Purdue also lost. Let me check. I thought they lost Northern Illinois. No, they lost to Central Michigan. So 
pretty much a banner week for the Big Ten. Um, Wes, one of the things ESPN brought up is is there's probably not going to be a Big Ten representative in the college football playoff now. Do you agree with that? Absolutely. Um, you know, and I was the guy who I, I picked Michigan State to mm-hmm. make that 14 playoff. I picked Wisconsin. Um, and it was all based on the premise that they would beat um, Oregon because the way their schedule breaks down, right now the only other team that's ranked that they will play is a plummeting Ohio State. Yeah, <laughs> um, I mean, that's the only other team on their schedule that's ranked at this point. There's nowhere for them to make up anything with a loss. Uh, same for Ohio State, same for Wisconsin. It's just the problem in the Big Ten is there are maybe three teams that may end the year ranked, and we just set them Ohio State, Michigan State, and Wisconsin. There's not enough wins to go around to bolster one's resume for, uh, you know, for getting into the playoff unless you had won these big non-conference games. It is going to be tough. Um, I I still think if Michigan State runs the table the rest of the way out. Uh, I still think there are scenarios where they can make the playoff as maybe the fourth team. Um, not many strong opponents left on their schedule. At this point, there is number 22 currently. We'll see how far they keep dropping, though. Ohio State, Saturday, November 8th. And, of course, there will be the Big Ten Championship game, which right now you figure is probably going to have them facing Nebraska, uh, either Nebraska or Wisconsin out of the West. Um, if Nebraska is maybe undefeated, because they still are right now 2-0, and if Nebraska runs the table... Yeah, that was, was, a really, uh, was a really convincing win over McNeese State over the weekend. Oh, yeah. Uh, also, I just realized uh, Nebraska and Michigan State play in the regular season, so yeah. neither of them can run the table, or ne- both of them can't run the table the rest of the way out. Nope. nope. So, yeah, Big Ten kind of screwed. And it's Nebraska. They're going to lose three or four games. Probably. It's just, it's just going to happen. I mean, <laughs> Michigan State is by far, to me, with, with the injury to Braxton Miller, Michigan State is by far the class of the Big Ten. Um, you know, that November 8th game, I believe you said it was November 8th, um, Ohio yes. State, Michigan State. Mm-hmm. Okay, um, that was going to be a huge game because there was a good chance. Well, there was there was a definite chance both of those teams could be undefeated by then, and that could have basically been an elimination game for the playoff. But, I mean, we're two weeks in and they both already lost now. Right. And literally they lost to the only real challenges on their schedule other than each other. <laughs> so, I mean, it's just – I think they're completely done the water. There is no – national respect right now for the Big Ten. That's going against them. The voters, the polls, everything's just going against them right now. Um, it is it is an absolutely bleak situation right now for the Big Ten, and I, for one, could not be happier about it. Oh, yeah, it's it's great, especially what's happening to Ohio State right now. Well, I mean, and the thing is, you, you have people, and it's not only Ohio State, you have a group up there that runs the Big Ten who are the most pompous arrogant human beings who have ever been around college football who they think just because of their, you know, hundred year tradition that they should get to make all the rules. They should get a bigger piece of the pie than everyone else. All this that they think they deserve based on the fact that Michigan and uh, Ohio state, 
you know, were really good programs back in the day. Yeah. I mean, they, they basically, it's basically a conference full of Notre Dames without the Notre Dame uh, resume. Yeah, Big Ten just in a lot of trouble right now. And it, it is sort of unfortunate. Uh, you know, you hear these teams trying to challenge themselves. Michigan State obviously trying to do that with Oregon. And it does feel sort of harsh that one loss on the road to a great team like Oregon has probably doomed their season. But at this point, that's that's more just the conference they play in right now. I mean, I mean, I mean, the, the thing is, once you if you take that game out, what's their strength of schedule? Yeah. It's crap. I mean, they don't play anybody other than Ohio State. They don't play anybody, and it's not their fault, really. It's just it's a you know Ohio, I'll give it to Ohio State and Michigan State. Ohio State. Once again, I just think the Miller injuries just destroyed their season. Um, them and Wisconsin, those three, and I'm pushing Michigan out of this group, those three are about the only ones that have somewhat evolved with the times. Mm-hmm. And, and that's why they are kind of the three lead dogs right now in that conference. But, I mean, you've got so many programs in there that, oh, we were really good 30 or 40 years ago. Congratulations. <laughs> you know, prove something now. I mean, Michigan, you know, take out that national title for Michigan back in the 90s. Um, I mean, what have they done in the last three to four decades? They've underachieved with great teams, great talent. They've underachieved. Iowa, you know, uh, has had some good teams. Overall, they're nothing special. Purdue is nothing special. Illinois is nothing special. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've got all these teams who, yeah, you know, it sounds really good when you start to read the schedule out if you don't know anything. But I mean, once you start getting into it, you're other than a small handful, you're nowhere near the upper echelon of college football. It it could it could be an issue for the Big Ten, especially going forward. Um, it's tough to see how this situation gets much better. I mean, you never know year to year, but uh, they bring in Rutgers and Maryland this year, and I, I I just I don't see how this gets much better. I mean, maybe we'll get surprised. Maybe maybe Penn State. At two and zero is better than we think. That, that that's going to be the one that's going to climb themselves back into a conversation. Um, not this year by any means. Even though they got they got great news this week. Yeah. Um, the bowl ban is immediately lifted, um, so they should go bowling this year. Uh, and also, they're going to get back their full allotment of scholarships next year. Mm-hmm. And truly, for Penn State, that is a great thing because I felt that I, I really get into that. We never talked about obviously. That punishment was so harsh for something that um, a co- like three or four geriatric idiots perpetrated there. True. Um, you know, to go back and punish that program like they did is absolutely ridiculous. Um, Sandusky's where he belongs. Paterno, sorry. You know, Paterno got what he deserved firing-wise. I hate that the man died, but, mm-hmm. you know – Firing wise, he got what he deserved, and he deserved to go out the way he did. He shouldn't have gotten any special treatment because of who he was. Uh, the AD, uh, or excuse me, the school president should be in jail for covering it up. Yeah. Um, I mean, those guys got what they deserved. But the football program itself, you know, I still go back. They never committed any actual violations, according to the NCAA. So I never understood how the NCAA could sit there and, uh, punish them and take away scholarships and bowl bans. I can understand the bowl ban more than the scholarship limitations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just saying, okay, guess what? You're not going to go to a bowl. You know, that is your punishment. But then to do the five year, the scholarship limitations, 
that was that was way beyond their reach. So just to kind of drop a blow on the NCAA, I'm glad that that has been overturned. Yeah, I, I think that was what always struck me about it. I liked the bull ban because of you know lack of institutional control and all that. I I, I understand that, mm-hmm. but but don't don't limit then kids getting a chance to actually go to the school. Like mm-hmm. if you, if you prevent them from taking place in championships, that's understandable. But don't don't prevent them from even going to the school for something that they couldn't possibly have had a part in. And that's that's really, really sad and depressing. But for once the NCAA actually kinda almost sorta did the right thing and and sorta sorta corrected a mistake, which we'll be talking about a little later. Um, also want to mention, of course, Todd Gurley will be in action this weekend at South Carolina. Big, big, big football game. Uh, South Carolina, of course, getting a win over East Carolina this past weekend to stop the bleeding. But man, Georgia's going to come in off a bye week and Wes, I think they are going to thoroughly dominate and it's going to be another big game for Todd Gurley. Um, I'm going to disagree with you a little here. Not that it'll be a big day that it won't be a big day for Todd Gurley or that Georgia might win. Um, as far as coming in and dominating, I'm telling you, man, right now, South Carolina for Georgia, they might have almost been a little happier maybe if uh, South Carolina had just dominated East Carolina a week ago because right now this is a team that still is backed into a corner. They're like a wounded animal right now. I think this is kind of seen as, I mean, this is the season for South Carolina. Um, If they lose, they're done in the East. I mean, unless everything just goes chaotic and people start losing, South Carolina's done in the East. They are playing for their lives. Um, And, I mean, they they are are a wounded animal. They're going to come out and give you everything they've got. Uh, Plus, you know, I mean, really it's tough to bet against Spurrier in situations like this. True. Um, and also my only problem with Georgia, and trust me, I want to believe in Georgia as much as anyone there is. Yes. Um, I have just, you know, being sort of the quasi, I am somewhat of a quasi Georgia fan. And that was even before Todd Gurley stepped foot on campus. Uh, if you, if I, if I'm pulling for an SEC team, I'm definitely pulling for the Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. Um, I have seen too many times over the years <laughs> where Georgia gets a massive win, you know, dominates somebody, looks awesome like they did against Clemson, and then they come out the next week, two weeks later, and they are flat as a pancake and can't do anything right. Yeah. But uh, I, I think I think this could be a Georgia team that if it stays healthy, I think it could turn that corner maybe a little bit. And and I think that this if, – if they beat South Carolina, I think – I think this would be one of them, the teams to beat in the entire country. I agree. If they can get past South Carolina, especially if they handily take care of South Carolina, that mm-hmm. you're kind of predicting. Um, yeah, this is a really good Georgia team then. And what's really impressive with Georgia already in that Clemson game was their defense. You know, offensively, you know what they've got. They've got Gurley, and they've got a stable of thoroughbred running backs. Mm-hmm. They've got a game manager quarterback who's not bad. They've got good receivers, good tight ends. Uh, good offensive line, but that defense for them—they look like they have really taken a major step. If they can continue that, um, that is what's going to make Georgia for real. Well, hopefully uh, they will be for real on Saturday as they take on the Gamecocks in Columbia and hopefully pick up a big W with another big 
game for one Todd Gurley. All right, let's jump up a level and talk a little bit about the NFL, Wes. Uh, our biggest, uh, we, we made picks. We did make picks last week against the spread. Uh, you went 3-3, three and three, I went 4-2. and two. Uh, would have gone five and one if not for a half point uh, in the Indianapolis Denver game, but oh well. Um, we both got Seattle minus six correct. Uh, I got Carolina plus two and a half right, uh, as well as Cincy plus one and a half right. Uh, we both got San Francisco minus five right, which I believe minus five is the number of turnovers of Tony Romo. Uh, we got you got Colts plus seven and a half against Denver. And we both missed New York Giants plus six. Um, so that's the update on that. Uh, is there anything? And the reason I'm asking this question is because last week or yesterday, I unfortunately had to watch uh, Sports Nation on at the gym. Yeah, not fun. And I saw a lower third graphic that's that first said, "How terrible is Eli Manning?" And after that, I read, "Is the Giants season over?" We have played one sixteenth of this NFL season, which doesn't reduce because it's one. Wes, what's so in that vein? What's your biggest knee-jerk overreaction you're taking from Week One? Um, that combined Tony Romo and Eli Manning are the worst quarterbacks who have ever lived. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, for whatever you think about Eli Manning. Um, he's got two more Super Bowl rings than 99% of the rest of the world's ever going to win as a quarterback. Uh, excuse me, about 99.9% of the rest of the world's ever going to win as a starting quarterback. Um, to me, that counts for something. <laughs> yes. Um, for whatever reason, he has not been great the last two years. His decision-making hasn't been great. Um, I mean, I just suddenly wonder if uh, – you know, maybe he's hit his peak and he's fallen off some. I think he's held to such an enormously high standard because his last name is Manning and as good as his brother is. Mm -hmm. What we really need to realize about Peyton is that Peyton is a once-in-a-lifetime uh, freak of nature. Yeah. We're never going to see another Peyton Manning. You know, a guy who's almost 40 and is still arguably the best quarterback in the game mm -hmm. just because, you know, Peyton Manning is the biggest football nerd who's ever lived. Yes. I mean, that's the thing. He's just, he's a major football nerd. Um, he gets it. It just, it clicks for him, you know, unless he's playing New England in the playoffs. <laughs> he's fine. But, um, you know, Eli, just because Eli, if Eli's name was um, Eli Smith, mm -hmm. I just don't think he'd get nearly the flat that he got. And also, if he didn't play in New York, he wouldn't get nearly the flat he got. Well, I think it's, 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 a, it's, it's like a yeah. perfect storm. Yeah, and it's plus a perfect storm combination. Winning, winning the two. Exactly. I mean, A, you're a Manning, and B, um, you play for the flagship of the biggest city, you know, truly. I mean, maybe not number one, it's the biggest city in the world. And we know it. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, that's what it is. It, it's, it's tough. Eli in, in his defense, Eli Manning is nothing. If not just a, uh, if not just a, a case point in grace, mm -hmm. you know, that that's the way I put Eli Manning is, you know, Here's a guy who for years could have, you know, 
looked at the New York media, looked at the fans of the New York Giants and said, you know, you can all piss off and kiss my ass. <laughs> and he's never done it. What does Eli do? Every time he goes out there, he takes responsibility for the mistakes he makes. Um, Eli's one of those guys, he never gets enough credit for what he does. He always gets a whole lot more blame for what he does. Um, I like Eli Manning. Always have. Um, I, I still think he's. I still think he's an upper echelon NFL quarterback. I just think whatever's going on with them right now, schematically, I think some of the players maybe not quite as good as they are billed to be. Um, but I, I'm. I'm just. I'm not ready to totally give up on Eli Manning. Yeah, I think. Yeah. I, I. I think he's still. He was hurt last year with injuries. Uh, not just to him, but to his core of receivers. And now starting with some new guys, I mean, really the only one still kind of there from their Super Bowl, last Super Bowl run is uh, is uh, Cruz. Cruz. Yeah, Cruz. Victor yeah. Cruz. So I think that's tough. Also, again, winning two Super Bowls is obviously already going to put you at a very high standard. Uh, that's pretty hard to live up to from here on out. Um my my biggest uh, knee jerk overreaction is going to be, man, the Patriots are terrible. That's <laughs> yeah. that's going to be what I say. Uh, they they were up twenty to ten on the Dolphins at halftime, and then proceeded to give up twenty three straight points in the second half to lose. Um, so obviously, uh, New England's done. Brady is washed up, and Bill Belichick might as well go ahead and retire because the Patriots are awful. Yeah, I happen to remember a year. I think they lost uh, the first game of the season to the Buffalo Bills. I want to say it was like 38 to nothing. Just yeah. got absolutely massacred and then went on and won the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, probably. So, yeah. it, uh, New England, uh, real quick, just to uh, comment on your guy. New England, I think um, I think they're going to be just fine. Um I'm really impressed with them defensively. Yeah, some things broke down second half for them against the Dolphins. I think they're better defensively than they have been in a very long time. Um, uh, you, you know, Brady. I, you know, I, I love I love how you know people just hate Tom Brady so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's got I think it's got a lot to do with the fact that. Um, He's a good-looking dude who just kind of does his thing, you know? I mean, Brady, yeah, he, he's not your – he's not a self-deprecating guy like Peyton. You know, he's um, he's not – you know, he's not a flashy quarterback. That's not, that's not Tom Brady. Um, he's just – he's solid. He's consistent. He's – sometimes spectacular, but he, he just, he comes over to people like he's, I mean, he, the guy's married to a Brazilian underwear model. Yep. You know, that's not normal. You know, Peyton Manning married his college sweetheart from the university of Tennessee. <laughs> Eli married his college sweetheart from Ole Miss. You know, man, those are just, those are just good boys, you know? And then there's Tom Brady, you know, he wears Uggs. He's uh he's married to a Brazilian supermodel. He's from Northern California. He went to Ann Arbor, Michigan, and now he plays for the Patriots and Belichick. You know, that's just the light he's painted in. People hate the Patriots, and they're looking for any any opportunity at all to try to just, uh, you know, just totally go in on that team if they can. Um, 
I think they're actually going to be really good this year. I still think they're going to win the East, and I think they're going to have a. I think they're going to have a chance to come out of the AFC. Yeah, one thing you also mentioned to go back to what uh, you were going to say about Eli, uh, I actually think that the Giants can still win that division because Washington looked pretty awful <laughs> against Houston. Dallas was Dallas against San Francisco and might have one of the worst defenses literally ever in the history of pro football. And really, Philadelphia needed to turn on the Jets against Jacksonville late. So, I mean, the Giants could, I could see going like 9 and 7 and winning the East this year. Like, it's just, their, their season is obviously not over. And obviously, I don't think the Patriots season is anywhere close to over. I think, I think they're still going to probably go about 13 and 3, 12 and 4 and be just fine. All right. Uh, yeah, um, oh, and real quick, I said something about Tony Romo real quick. I'm just going to give a very quick Romo evaluation. Mm-hmm. Um, Tony Romo never has been as good as many people build him up to be. He's never been nearly as bad as people have built him up to be. Right. Tony Romo is a flawed NFL quarterback. Um, there's a reason he went to Eastern Michigan or Eastern Illinois, I think actually Eastern Illinois, I guess mm-hmm. there's a reason he went there and not at that time, a big 10 school or an sec school or a pac 10 school. He's a flawed quarterback. Um, he's got a big arm. He's not afraid to do things. You know, he, he suffers because early, especially early in his career, he was so in the spotlight as a Dallas Cowboys quarterback, and he just he did some things that just bothered people so much. The infamous trip to Cabo with um, Jessica Simpson, which mm-hmm. I'm not gonna lie, at that point of her life, Jessica Simpson, I, I don't care. You know, I could have been about to sign a treaty for world peace if that Jessica Simpson says to me, "Let's go to Cabo." Okay, I'm going to Cabo with you, Jessica Simpson. You <laughs> may be the most gorgeous human being on earth at that point. Um, you know and Romo still pays he pays for those sins he pay his biggest sin is the fact that he's the quarterback of the freaking Dallas Cowboys and they've never won a Super Bowl and every year they go eight and eight or they underachieve but folks as you said they have what could possibly be a historically bad defense but when it's all over and the Cowboys go seven and nine six and ten who is going to receive 99% of the blame for them doing that? It's it's going it's to be one gonna Tony be, Romo. It's going to be Romo. <laughs> <laughs> the Cowboys can lose nine games by a score of, you know, 42 to 35, and they're going to blame Romo. Well, he threw an interception yeah. in the second quarter. Oh, <laughs> yes, yeah. It's so fine. I, I give Romo a little more credit than most. I still don't think he's great, but he is a He's a good NFL quarterback, but, um, you know, this week they lost, so it's all his fault. Of course it is. Well, uh, speaking of faults and blame and the NFL, um, of course, the big story this week as we start entering the zeitgeist. Um, So, this whole Ray Rice thing we talked about a few weeks ago, and uh, we weren't terribly thrilled with how the Ravens handled it, and... There were words said, and and we were a little irritated that he only got two games. Well, in the past week, things have gone a little nuts, to be perfectly honest. Uh, video came out from TMZ showing uh, Rice actually punching his fiancée. We, I assume we all knew that's what happened. It's just now we have video evidence where before we just saw him dragging her out 
of the elevator or into the elevator. I don't truly remember which. Uh, but now we actually see the actual contact. Um, the NFL denied getting this videotape, uh, but in just the last few hours, uh, CNN has actually come out and said that uh, a league exec, uh, there's a report that says a league executive did see this new video back in April from New Jersey law enforcement. Um, this is obviously a fairly terrible situation, um, made even more awkward by his his then fiance now wife, saying that this is all sort of a misunderstanding and is somehow being taken out of context, which <laughs> I don't really understand how that's possible when you hit your fiance. Uh, I don't, the context doesn't really matter at that point unless she's pointing a gun in your face. And even then, it's still kind of awkward. Um, awkward. Yeah. Uh, obviously, heads need to roll now, right? Like, Goodell, Goodell has to step down. Because this, this happened on his watch. He has to fall on the sword. If somebody else falls on the sword, he is going to look incredibly weak and very incompetent, more so than he probably already does now. But I just don't think he's going to do it. I think he is a he's a guy who has like um, such pride in the fact that he sees himself as like the law and order commissioner that um, he's he's going to fight like hell, man. He he does not want to go down with his legacy being he let this go on. Um, man, it's <laughs> it is such a it is like the ultimate rock in a hard place situation. Um, he is he is damned if he does. He's damned if he doesn't. Man, he he literally is in a no win situation for himself here. Um, as for as for the whole everything that happened, the Ravens did the absolute right thing. Now I want to know, you know, as a guy who I guess I, I I identify myself as a Ravens fan. Of course, you know I could give really two rats ass about the NFL this year. True. Um, but I am still a Ravens fan. You know, I was a giant Ray Lewis, Ed Reed fan when those guys were there. And, you know, at this point in my life, I'm not really jumping with another team. So I'm sticking with the Ravens. Um, Ray Rice is one of those guys who I have loved since he came into the league. He's been a great player, great servant for Baltimore. Um, you know, has always been really good in the community, a lot of things like that. But right now from the Ravens, I want to know, did they have this video of him knocking yeah. her out months ago? And if so, why weren't you more proactive? Um, but that said, Steve Biscotti owns the team. Steve Biscotti can truly do what he wants. Roger Goodell, on the other hand, yeah, you know, you're supposed to be the guy who dishes out this punishment, you know. And, and, and here's here's the bad thing, or here's kind of the sad thing, not the bad thing, the sad thing. The sad thing is, if this hadn't gotten caught on camera, this would not be an issue. Yeah, he would have gotten maybe a game suspension for a police report, uh, maybe gotten the two games, you know, for oh, it's a domestic abuse problem. But the problem is, Ray Rice in this video looks so heinous and like such a horrible human being that you know we hate the court of public opinion. But it has completely—it's completely running this now, um, and 
like I said, you know, Goodell's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. I mean, this is this is as bad a situation. I mean, this is worse for the NFL than really any of the drug stuff that's happened. Oh, yeah. I mean, to me, this is close to being on par with the Michael Vick situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, with that, law enforcement kind of took over and kind of, you know, really they took this, they took that situation out of the NFL's hands. That was easy for him because, you know, he was going to prison. Yeah, this is one where I mean, you know, whatever's happened authority wise, I think has already happened with it. He's free. Now the NFL has to make a really tough decision where with Vic they didn't. But this is about as heinous as anything that's happened since the Michael Vick situation. Yeah, you know, you mentioned Baltimore and I still feel like this this was their only choice. I, I don't necessarily agree that it's the right choice because it's literally the only thing they could do. The, the 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 to do anything else would have basically sent the country into an uproar. Like the, this, it's it's not the right choice if it's your only choice. And and you're mentioning the only problem he had was that the tape got released. Well, under under here's here's a, a slightly scary thing. If the rules that are now in place for domestic violence, which is still only six games for your first events, if that happens. Even with this tape being released, is that all he's getting? Instead of an indefinite ban like he got now, that that this second tape came out. Like, well, like yeah, yeah. Oh, well, I was gonna say. I mean, my problem with the whole deal is, you know, <laughs> if if that's your NFL policy in place, which of course here with Ray Rice there was not a policy in place. Right. Um. Why should the video? Why should the video make any difference? Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, if, if you want to be true to what you're saying, you know, domestic violence is horrible. I'm sure, you know, Ray Rice basically cold cocked his fiance. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, I, I believe, and I, I, I have not looked at this as much as I should have, obviously. I believe he punched her in the face once. Am I correct? Yes. Okay. Because you have seen so many other domestic violence um problems in the past where yes, a woman got punched in the face and then got punched in the face repeatedly and her face was completely mashed up and she had scars and cuts and bruises all over her body. I mean, to me, if you want to put it on a scale of bad to worse, that's worse than what Ray Rice did. The problem is Ray Rice's happened to be on camera in a public place and he just looked like the biggest punk in the world, just cold cocking his his girl. Yeah, and you know, and it is but, as but, we've mentioned before, it is for normal people that's assault and jail time. You're very much right. You're very <laughs> much right. Um, but you know, domestic abuse is such a touchy subject because you know now apparently from what we've gotten, this is this sounds like it was an isolated incident. Where, you know, and trust me, hey, dude, I'm married. I mean, my wife can get on me sometimes. And there are times I sit there and I'm like, my God, I would like to punch you in the mouth right now. (laughs) Um, That said, my wife has always told me that if I ever lay a hand on her, um, she has a uh, cast iron frying pan that as soon as I go to sleep will end up smacking up against the side of my head. So I fear my wife way too much to ever put hands on her. But, you know, 
as as a married man, yes, there have been times where I have wanted to punch my wife. Um, I would never do it. That's not me. But you know, he he got pushed over an edge, and he did it. And it's not defensible what he did. But you know, there are others that you know have had just years of continued abuse. You know, and and not just physical, but emotional, verbal abuse, topped on with massive physical abuse. Like I said, I mean the biggest problem. Well, the biggest thing is most most of the time domestic violence is done behind closed doors. Right. All you see is the aftermath of it. You don't see the actual someone wailing on someone and beating the hell out of them. But once again, it was on camera, and we just saw Ray Rice cold cocker in the face. So Does, not that he's right. Not that he's right, yeah, or he's right. any more wrong or less wrong than anyone else. Mm-hmm. But that's the difference right now does does he ever come back to the league (sighs) (laughs) i mean i know we like i know america likes a comeback but well this is is a hard one this is not going to be a comeback that america wants to get behind yeah but here's the thing i don't believe it'll be this season by any means but if next year there's an NFL team who's just maybe crazy enough and, you know, week one has a catastrophic injury to their top two running backs. Are you telling me in a, quote, win at any cost league that um, somebody would not take a chance on Ray Rice? Yeah. Because once again, at this point, at this point, Ray Rice has not killed anyone. No children were involved in anything Ray Rice did. Ray Rice hasn't raped. He hasn't. He hasn't sexually assaulted anyone. Um, I mean, there are wife beaters in every NFL locker room. I'm quite sure. Once again, Ray Rice just got caught. At the end of the day, I also believe that um, in the NFL, you will sign a scumbag if he can rush for 1,300 yards and score a dozen touchdowns for you. So yeah, I think we'll see Ray Rice back in the league. That's yeah, that's fair. And the whole I, thing will come down to can he still play? <laughs> I mean, that's all we come down to. Can he perform? Oh. Jeez. Jeez, jeez, jeez. Anyway, that's that's your depressing NFL story of the day. Uh, we'll see we'll see if the NFL can recover. And hey, if you guys want to see a league with you know, concussions and and crazy behind-the-scenes drama and incompetent leaders, you should really give international soccer a try. Come on over. As far as we know, right now, we don't have any domestic violence issues that we know of. Not that we know of. Not that we know of. But Balotelli's just got back to England, though, so... Yeah, do have Balotelli. Well, we don't have domestic issues... Uh, in, in the public eye, at least. Um, but we do have a guy who likes to bite people. Yes. Yes, we oh, do. They, but oh, he man. likes to bite men. He likes men. <laughs> All right, Wes. Let's let's move on from this, and let's, let's play a little game. Shoot. Let's play a little game. Let's have some fun here. Uh, it will be you versus, I don't know, time itself. Um. As you may know, one of one of your favorite things, FIFA 15, is coming out soon, and the top 
50 players in terms of their rankings in the world has been released. Wes, let's see how many you can get of the top 50 before missing one. It doesn't have to be in any order. We'll just we'll just give me give me anybody in the top fifty before you miss one. Okay, um, where do we start? Well, I mean, let's let's stop. Let's start at the beginning. Um, Messi. Messi is number one. Oh my gosh! Yay. Freak out. Uh, Ronaldo. That's number two. Okay, um, Suarez. Suarez is number seven. Okay, um, Gareth Bale. Gareth Bale is number fourteen. Okay, uh, Stevie G. Um, well, this was a fast game. <laughs> Really? Yes. No Stevie G in the top 50. No Stevie G in the top 50. Uh, who would have been your next guess? That's ridiculous. Um, hmm. Where to go next? Uh, how about a uh, oh, guy we told about? How about uh, Lewandowski? Um, uh, 19. 19th. Okay. How about uh, Aguero? Um, uh, Keen. Uh, 24. 24. Okay. How about uh, Arjun? I, I am Robin. Um, third. Third? Yep. God. A 90 overall rating. Wow. Comparatively, Ronaldo is 92. And uh-huh. Messi is ninety-three. Wow. Okay. Uh, well, just because this FIFA, this is FIFA, uh, Wayne Rooney has to be in there somewhere, and probably pretty high for no damn reason. Um, twenty-third. Oh God. So maybe not okay, as high as you uh, thought. Let's go, uh, Yaya Toure. Twenty-second. Okay. Um. Hmm. What else can we go with? <laughs> Joe Hart's psych. Uh, let's go with another guy we talked about earlier, earlier uh, Franck Ribéry. The ribs is number nine. Ribéry. Um, hmm. Who's, who's a good German? Um, how about... Uh, well, of course, the greatest player ever, Zlatan. Zlatan. Oh, Zlatan. Zlatan is four. Zlatan is fourth. Oh, this thing is completely off. Completely off. Um, how about, uh, let's go Thomas Müller. Müller. He is, um, actually, I'm pretty sure I just spelled his name wrong. So, Thomas. Yeah, 27. He's 27. Okay. Um, huh, who else can we go from, uh, I just got to figure those Germans, oh, crap, uh, Neymar. Neymar is on the list, I need to, let me, let me quickly look where he is, because he's not in the top 10, I believe. Yeah, he's 30th. 
30th. Interesting, interesting, interesting. Um, Eden Hazard. He is number 10. 10, wow. Okay. Um, uh, Manuel Neuer. Uh, how do you spell that? Oh, never mind. I got uh, it. Uh, he is fifth. He's fifth. Fifth. Okay. Um, let's go with the man that uh, we're we're named after here. How about our uh, company, Vincent Company? Company is in at twenty. Boom. Um. Uh, let's um let's go with uh, Lady Boys. How about Tiago Silva? Uh, 16. Okay. Um, hmm, who do I hate? How about Van Persie? Um, 11. Okay. Um, oh, Falcal's got to be in there somewhere, huh? Uh, number seven. Oh, no, sorry, not seven. That was, uh, he's 12. 12. Interesting. Um, ba, 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 ba. who else is good? How about, uh, I think he'd be in there, uh, David Silva. Uh, number 17, and you've that's your 20th uh, correct answer. Golly, I'm killing this thing. Um, German, German. Uh, Philip Lahm. Uh... Not on the list. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He is. He's his. 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 Number thirteen. Number thirteen. Oh. I sp I spelled it L A M M when I did the when I did the quick search. Sorry, Phil. Phil Lamb. Phil Lamb. Uh, hmm. Who else can we go? Who else can we go? Um. How about um? How about a uh, new boy to United, Angel Di Maria? He is twenty fifth. Twenty fifth. Okay. Okay. Um, let's go back German. The Germans have got to be all over the same. How about a uh, Mesutersel? Ozil, the Hobgoblin is twenty eighth. Um, the injury. Uh, how about uh, my boy Marco Royce? He is 26th. Oh, Lord. Um, oh, who are Barcelona guy? Um, 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 Iniesta. Iniesta is number six. Really? Yep. He is 75 in pace, 72 in what I imagine is shooting, 89 in passing, 91 in drive whatever dri is or dri that's probably dribbling actually sorry dribbling 59 on defense and 63 in physicality drive okay um hmm. let's go with his buddy uh, how about uh i'm guessing javi still may have made this list 21 wow okay interesting um Schweinsteiger. How about Schweiny? How about Schweiny Steiger? Uh, number eight. Great. Interesting. Wow, really? You've said this a lot. 
I, mean, I just didn't think maybe they would be that high. A few of them. Um, how about uh, Sergio Ramos? Ramos is number 15. Wow, okay, okay. Um, hmm. I, I'm I'm going to give one of your guys some love. Who is uh, the best Spurs player I can come up with? Is uh, I think he's one of the best goalies in the world. Is uh, Loris? Let's see where Hugo. Hugo. Hugo is at forty-five. Wow. Okay, and we're in fifty. Um, how about uh, how about one Mata? One Mata is one forty-one. Mata. Ooh, snap. I'm holding these in, aren't I? Yep. Um, let's try... Uh, how about Sesk? Where's Sesk Fabregas? Uh, 46th. 46th, okay. God, I'm, 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 I'm pretty good with this. Yeah, you're at 31 Ooh. right now. You've gotten 31. Um, you have two misses. Yeah. You have two misses left. I've decided to give you just three strikes before you get out. So, it's, it's extremely nice of you. Thank you. Um, as much as he should be up there, I don't really know if I want to go Balotelli. So I'll hold off. I'll hold off on Mario. All right. <laughs> as great and wonderful as he is, um, I haven't said Luca Modric, have I? Luca Modric is number eighteen. No, you have not. So, yep, Bingo. that is correct. Um, let's go with uh, James. James is number thirty-two. James, I call him James. <laughs> um, all right, we're sticking in there. Uh, let's try Diego Costa. Diego Costa is thirty-seven. Jesus. Um, how about Pirlo? Pirlo, bearded Italian. If he's not in there, I'm gonna lose it. I'm already about to lose it with no Stevie G in there. If Pirlo's not in there, they can kiss my ass. 49. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> holding on. I'm holding on. I'm still in there somewhere, Ed. Um, Edinson Cavani. Vani is 33. It's basically going down every guy I can think of at the moment who doesn't play for Liverpool because we get no love. I know that. Um, blom, 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 blom. Uh, you got 14 to go. 14 to go. Um, how about Tony Cruz? Tony Cruz. 36. <laughs> Still on it. Um, Sergio Busquets. 43. I'm going to take a chance with one. You said I've got three strikes, right? Yeah, you have you have two left. Okay, I'm going to take a chance. Uh, they got to give him some love. Oh, should I do it? They got to give him some love. They gotta give Daniel Sturridge some love. Daniel Sturridge is not on the list. So that's strike two. That's bullshit. That's <laughs> bullshit. Oh my god. 
Um, okay, let me get back to thinking. Uh, well, of course, they're going to kiss the ass of the Spanish and the uh, Germans, obviously. Okay, Germans, Germans. Who's Germany start? Uh, how about Mats Hummels? Mats Hummels is 29. I'm just going down every German I can think of right now. Um, anyone who plays in Germany. Uh, how about, uh, oh, World Cup winner Mario Gutza? Super Mario Goetze is 38th. Nice. Um, hmm. Let's go with a new boy for Bayern Munich, one who uh, I figure is a former Liverpool guy. He probably still gets love because he played for Madrid. How about uh, Xabi Alonso? 48. Okay. Uh, think Champions League. Uh, oh, how about that? Okay, this might be the one that kills me. This might be the one that kills me. Um, how about Thibaut Catois? Uh, how do we spell that? T H I A. No, I think it's T H I B A. Oh, 31. 31. Oh, Jesus. Really? Wow. Yep. Oh, so that's um, 14 times 3 is 40. You have 8 to go, and you have one strike left. One strike. Oh, Jesus. Can you get 8 in a row? <sighs> um, let's go back to Madrid. How about uh, Kareem Benzema? Benzema is number 40. Oh, yes. 7 it's to go. This is how Tron is living. Um, let's go with the guy who everybody still wants. How about uh, Arturo Vidal from Uventus? He is 35th. No shit. Okay, 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 okay. All right, all right, all right. Um, God, who else is good? This is good. Um... Yeah, I bet they still have Iker Casillas in there. They kiss. Forty-seven. Right you me. He's terrible, though. <laughs> He's terrible. Um. Okay, I'm running out of top guys. I can think of at this point. Um. We only have five left. Oh God, I have five left. Um. Got a guy I'm a big fan of. God, I've got a few guys in my mind. I just don't know if they put them on there. Yeah, one guy I really like a lot is uh, he's injured this year. Is Javi Martinez from Bayern Munich? That is number forty-four. Yeah, God, that's way too low. That's way too low for him. Um, four to go. Wouldn't be no. They wouldn't go Wilshire. Um, let's take a. Take a shot. They they like blowing Arsenal all the time. How about um, th this might be the one that sinks me. How about uh, Aaron Ramsey? Aaron Ramsey is not in the top fifty. <sighs> that's what does it for you. Oh, Two let's. Was an Arsenal player. Figured. Oh, of what? course, let's... I overrate. Of course, I overrate uh, British players, <laughs> much like uh, the entire Premier League. Of course, you did. 
Oh, it's a shame. But let me let me see now. I got to try and figure out which ones you actually missed here. Let's see. You got one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, uh, fourteen. Did you get the fourteen? You uh yeah you got Gareth Bale never mind you got Gareth Bale uh fourteen did you get fifteen uh, I got Ramos so it might always be just easier to go through the list uh, <laughs> starting at number one of course was uh, Messi two was Ronaldo three Robin four Zlatan five Newer six Iniesta seven Suarez eight uh, Schweinsteiger nine Ribery ten Azard then 11 was Van Persie, 12 Falcao, 13 Lom, 14 Bale, 15 Sergio Ramos, 16 Thiago Silva, 17 David Silva, 18 Modric, 19 Lewandowski, 20 Company, 21 Xavi, 22 Torre, 23 Rooney, 24 Aguero, 25 Di Maria, 26 Royce, 27 Mueller, 28 Ozil, 29 Hummels, 30 Neymar, 31 Courtois, 32 James, 33 Cavani. Uh, this might have been one you missed. Uh, number 34, Peter Chech. Are you kidding me? He's still... Really? Yep. That 34. Was... Peter Chech, uh, 35 Vidal, 36 Cruz, 37... Yeah, you got Costa... 38, Gutsar. 39, did you get this gentleman? You did not. Number 39, Carlos Tevez. Oh my uh, god, I literally forgot he was still playing. <laughs> uh, 40, Benzema. 41, Mata. I think I can figure out now your other two misses. And one of them is number 42, Jerome Boateng. Uh, another one of those faux Germans. Yeah, Are you 40 serious? I don't even think they started him anymore. <laughs> 43 Busquets, uh, which I believe you got. Yeah, you got. Uh, 44 Lewis. Javi Martinez, 45 Lloris, 46 Fabregas, 47 Casillas, 48 Xabi Alonso, 49 Pirlo. And number 50, your final one you did not get, uh, also at Juve, Giorgio Chiellini. No. I can't believe you didn't get him. <laughs> Seven eight fifty. <laughs> wow. Oh yeah, that's great. So good job, though. I mean, you got you after after missing Gerard early. You had a nice run uh, before coming up just four short of all fifty. So, so just quick thoughts. You seem to say that a lot of people were much too high. <laughs> yeah, I said that about a lot of people, but then I don't really know who to put higher. Um, <laughs> uh, obviously, Raheem Sterling should be in the top 10. Uh, Sturridge should be in the top 15. And Gerard, by far, is the number one player in the world. Uh, other than that, I don't really have too many complaints with this. Alrighty. Well, uh, let's then right. jump let, Let's jump right into So Raw and for oh, wait, this wait, wait, week's wait. update. Oh. Get my Vaseline real quick and we'll jump oh, right geez. in. Gotcha. Okay, I'm ready to go, man. Wow. Oh, okay, there we go. Oh, feeling fresh, feeling fresh. <laughs> okay, Ed, where do we start? Where do we start? Uh, the build-up for Night of Champions continues coming up September 21st. 
Uh, it's going to be a really a good card, uh, even though people are bitching because, well, that's what WWE fans do best, Ed. They bitch about stuff. <laughs> um, loaded at the top, you know, we've, uh, we're continuing the buildup to Cena versus Brock Lesnar. We're really seeing a little bit of, I'm not going to say a darker side of John Cena, but maybe a more aggressive side than what we've seen in a long time from him. Uh, it hasn't so much been the fruity pebbles and never give up as much as it's been, you know, Brock Lesnar, I'm going to give you the fight of your life and, you know, you might kill me, but you're going to feel it in the morning kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, what I really enjoyed on uh, Raw is, you know, Brock Lesnar, as great a fighter as he is, you know, listening to him talk, I would literally rather listen to my nine-year-old tell me about his day at school. Um, which I really don't care that much about. Uh, Brock Lesnar sounds like a retarded orangutan when you hand him a microphone, but he has something that no one else has, and that is the services of a man by the name of Paul Heyman, who may be the greatest talker in the history of the wrestling business. Uh, Another just absolutely knock-it-out-of-the-park dynamite promo on Monday night from him. was answered by John Cena. And at the end of it, John Cena basically told him that next week, John was showing up to fight somebody. If Brock, if uh, Paul Heyman could get Brock Lesnar there, then so be it. He'd fight Brock Lesnar. If he couldn't, then he would fight Paul Heyman. Now, uh, Ed, you may not know Mr. Paul Heyman, but uh, Paul Heyman is, uh, as a, he will personally express, is an overweight, balding Jew from New York. <laughs> Um, John Cena is not John Cena is absolute Adonis who, um, basically my wife and many women I know absolutely swoon over every time he walks into public. Um, he would pretty much demolish Mr. Paul Heyman. So next week, I believe that the beast Brock, the beast incarnate Brock Lesnar will be in the building and it will be a very exciting, uh, Monday night raw. Also, Ed, the two things that I, I'd like to point out, uh, added last night to the Night of Champions list, the battle of former S.H.I.E.L.D. members Seth Rollins and, of course, your favorite wrestler of all time, Roman Reigns, will be taking on each other. While I'm excited to see this match, Ed, I'm not so excited about the buildup. It seems like a really forced kind of last-minute feud that's going on. Mm-hmm. Um with Dean Ambrose uh, being away from the WWE um, for, as I say in air quotes, missing in action, uh, even though we all know he's off filming a movie somewhere. Uh, with <laughs> Dean Ambrose gone, you know, they it's like they didn't want to ruin the um, momentum of Seth Rollins. Um, so it's like they put him with Roman Reigns, who obviously is the up-and-coming biggest star right now. These two are just both up-and-coming huge stars. And while eventually I personally, and I believe most others, wanted to see this feud happen, mm-hmm. right now it's just like, okay, it's just a stopgap until Dean Ambrose is back, which apparently may be either uh, he may either return at Night of Champions or it'll be the Raw the night after Night of Champions. Um, <clears throat> I just think they're really wasting this match early without the proper buildup. Um, and without anything really being on the line other than just, oh, hey, yeah, you hit me with a chair three months ago. I guess I'll fight you now to get some revenge. Oh, yes. So, um, not really thrilled about that. Not really thrilled about that. But, um, 
you know, we'll see what happens. I am looking forward to the actual match itself. I think it'll be fun. So uh, Night of Champions coming up, man. It's going to be a good event. Um, this has not been a very strong Raw at the moment the last few weeks. But right. Ed, kind of like we do, they did dub Monday night their season premiere, even though they have a weekly show that never ends. <laughs> um, they did dub it their season premiere. So, um, you know, they did have some really cool things. Um, they had some new, some of the NXT guys up there. Uh, Adrian Neville, who is the NXT world champion right now, extremely impressive. He is, he's a psycho athlete who um, can just do things that others can only dream of doing. So that was really fun to watch. A few guys coming back, a few new ones, a few old ones. Um, solid show. Much better than the last two weeks. Of course, you knew my opinion of the last two weeks was very low. So, yes. Um, this one was better. Uh, I'm still looking forward to it really picking back up, though. Well, excellent. I'm sure it'll be fun, and we'll get a lot more great so raws to come in the coming weeks. Of course, Next week uh, will be episode 20 of the all-new Sports Show, the podcast. Another milestone for us. So that should be a lot of fun. And uh, we'll, of course, have another great uh, episode for you. We'll be talking tons more soccer. We'll, of course, have a wrap-up of the Georgia-South Carolina game and how Todd Gurley's doing in it. And we'll also be talking a little baseball playoffs with just a few weeks to go. Uh, by that time next week, we'll be about a week and a half left in the regular season. And, uh, of course, right now we can confirm that uh, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, L.A., are the first team in Major League Baseball to 90 wins. So congratulations to them. Uh, and we'll see how they do the rest of the season. And we'll maybe make some playoff picks next week. But uh, for right now, uh, Wes, before we put ourselves over again, do you do you have anything left to add? Um, well, just here on our local scene, uh, all-new sports show, Friday night high school football game of the week, all kicking into high gear. Um, just a really exciting time of the year. You know, I mean, just the next few days, you know, like we said, we, we've got a Thursday night football game to do which means if we want to go somewhere else on Friday night, we're open to do that. Um, Saturday, oh, man, we've got a – I mean, Ed, here's our Saturday. We have a full slate of BPL games in the morning. Mm. I can watch three back-to-back-to-back. Uh, you know, I can watch two top-team matchups and then watch my beloved Liverpool at 1230. By the time that ends, Ed, that gives me time to go make a pizza run, be back, and I can sit down and watch Georgia-South Carolina at 330. I'm really, really, really trying to push my wife to go to the beach this weekend <laughs> so I can stay home alone and uh, literally just have one of the ultimate sports days of all time. Just a great time of the year. I'm excited. And, folks, I'm excited and could truly give a rat's ass about the NFL. So that shows you how awesome this time of year is. Hooray! Nobody cares about the NFL. Um, and if you want to tell us how much you don't also care about the NFL, do text, uh, send us a message at All New Sports Show. Wes, you are on the Twitter? Uh, at Wes Bradshaw 21. I am at Edward Green. Of course, we're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash All New Sports Show. Uh, Instagram, 
and uh, YouTube we're also on as well. And of course, you can also email us and mail us things. Uh, all of those links are, of course, in the product description. want to give one last quick shout out to podbean.com for helping us migrate to a new service plan, which is going to save us a boatload of money and actually give us more storage space. So thanks, podbean.com. Thank you to the 100-plus followers we now have on podbean.com. You guys are all fantastic. Uh, thanks also to Stitcher and iTunes also for keeping our podcasts on there. So uh, for everyone here at the all-new Sports of the Podcast, for producer Dez, who had a relatively quiet show, for my co-host Wes Bradshaw, I well, am Edward. I was about to say, he's obviously still in Ohio State morning, and after yeah. the show that I talked to him over the weekend, he won't even talk to me. So Yeah, he's been really quiet here. He, he's still got a blanket wrapped over his head. Um, Sorry. The one per- yeah. And it's fine. For the one providing him that uh, blanket, I am Edward Green. We will see you next week for episode 20 of the all-new sports show, the podcast. Good night, everyone, and go Todd Gurley. Go Gurley. Go, you war pig. Oh, I love that.